Hey, hey, it's Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, found at dredhill.podbean.com. I'm glad you're with us today for a brand new episode for Sunday, November 6, 2022. I've titled it, Telling Time for Beginners, We've Reached Critical Mess. Now, right about now, the very astute among you are saying, Oh, Pastor Ed, don't you mean we've finally reached critical mass? Uh, no, I mean we've reached critical mess. You see, critical mass, according to nuclear engineers, is when there's just enough fissile material, such as uranium-235 or U-235, That'd be a great name if you're thinking about starting a band, right? <laughs> but nuclear engineers say that it's when there's just enough fissile material to initiate nuclear fission and sustain a chain reaction. But that's not what we're talking about today exactly, because I don't really care about that. We're talking about the stage of critical mess, M-E-S-S. That's the global reality that we're living in now, which will only be increasingly true, where mankind's sin and remarkably stupid and incredibly evil leaders, for the most part, from government, science, the military, education, the arts, and you get the idea, have created a world that's ready to explode, in case you haven't noticed. But, you know, it's interesting that people that consider themselves elite, uh, that's as opposed to being like you or like me. They're elite. They know better. They know best for you, in fact. If you don't believe me, just ask them, and they'll tell you so. But the global elites, which are a thing, it's really real. It's increasingly obvious the global elites have long had a, a phrase, a, a chant, a saying, create the crisis to manage the solution. So if you were an amazingly stupid governmental leader or incredibly evil military leader, or you were a, a leader in any field that influenced the direction of the world and you weren't you weren't operating for mankind's ultimate best, then you would have a, a destination to which you would want to nudge, yay, drive the world's population to, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is. So the way you get a population is to, you, you know where you want them to go, is you have to create a crisis, whether it's real or contrived, to scare them enough or motivate them enough or energize them enough or get their attention enough to say, oh yeah, that's a big problem. There's the solution way over there and we need to get there as fast as we can. That's called create the crisis to manage the solution. So you can't get people to do that, like in political terms, unless there's a crisis or problem created first in order to, to try to, quote, solve or manage or deal with. 
create the crisis to manage the solution. Now, if you're kind of new to this way of thinking about the world in which we live and you're doubting me, it only shows you have done no research. If you will do some research, it will not be hard to find this concept, even this phrase. But we have reached critical mess, and the world is ready to explode, maybe even literally in nuclear war. Now, as I said, I'm recording this on Sunday, November 6, 2022. Who knows what November 7 or November 17 or December 3rd, or you get the idea, on and on. We don't know what the details of the future are. But let me give you five examples of the critical mess, five indicators or symptoms of the critical mess that we're in. Let's just draw from the world of science first. In the last month or so, it was confirmed that Boston University has created, now listen carefully, has created a COVID virus that has an 80% kill rate in lab mice. That's what you would use in biological warfare, right? And they did it, allegedly, to prove that the COVID virus could be manipulated so that it had a gain of function uh, aspect to it. Like, uh, well, I want this germ to make, I'll just give a silly example. I want this germ, when people get sick, it makes their skin glow. All right. Well, they are finding ways to achieve what they would like to in this kind of research. Now, when I first heard this news, I thought, man, you know, and I, I know on one level why it would be researched with for biological warfare or even other purposes. But I, I thought to myself, why in the world would you create something so lethal? But I, I know the answer to that. And some of you do too. But the thing I thought of immediately is regardless of why it was created, we do not have a very good track record of creating things like that and keeping them safely in the lab. These things somehow manage to go wild. They escape the lab in probably some pretty unusual ways. Even some of the animals experimented on in these type of labs have escaped, and that's created quite a stir. Now, here's a second example. In the military, political, and governmental realm, I said realm because I think that's one realm now. They're not separated anymore. Thanks to Vladimir Putin, the world is one decision away from nuclear war. Now, I don't think the world's going to end next week in nuclear war or anything like that. But that doesn't mean there can't be nuclear war in our future. And by the way, there's, there's no such thing really as limited nuclear war or battlefield nukes or theater nukes. 
There's just nukes. The reason I say that is even areas that are not directly targeted but are near the target area, they can be contaminated. I mean, you know that. And then weather patterns can blow the radiation all over the world. That can't be good, right? So that's an example. And another area there that I want to point out, now let me mention this one and then I'll get to that one. Um, many leaders refuse today to even define gender. They, they will do mental gymnastics, verbal gymnastics to avoid defining a man or a woman. No, that's totally nuts. All right? You, you got to know that. Even, even if you play along with it to not get backlash, you know that's so stupid. But that's the third example. Here's a fourth one that I want to get to. Tech companies and telecom companies are eagerly forging the links of the chains of our global slavery today. Did you know that? What am I talking about? Okay, now you're going to really have to track with me on this, but the, but the payoff at the end is worth it when you put in the, the mental effort here, okay? And I know you can do it. All of you listening will understand this, but you got to listen carefully. Do you know what CBDC is? All right, it is not a station somewhere, okay? It's central bank digital currency. Think of something like Bitcoin, only it's controlled by the government of a country, okay? Central bank digital currency. Well, central bank for digital currency is being pushed, and I'm going to give you one of the people pushing it, and you will not believe what he says about it. The person I'm going to name is uh, Bodley, and let me read very carefully who he is in China. He's not a nobody. He's not just some low-level functionary. In fact, e even beyond China, he's the former International Monetary Fund Managing Director. That is big, <laughs> a big deal in the world, okay? And he's the former deputy governor of the People's Bank of China. This is not a nobody. If you talk in terms of influencers, this guy's an influencer. At a recent conference, he publicly stated that with central bank digital currency, such as that which China has been developing, and using, uh, combining it with China's social credit system, which gives you a social credit score, all through your phone, and combined with facial recognition software, camera systems, that the central bank digital currency can be programmed to determine what people can or can't buy. And he was especially excited that it could be programmed to control the food you bought or couldn't buy. Think about what I just said. Think about that. Now, 
even if you don't believe in the Bible, even if you don't believe in Bible prophecy or you don't understand it or you are just in complete confusion about where the world is today, I'm pretty sure that you're aware that 2,000 years ago in the last book of the Bible, of the New Testament, in a book, uh, the very last one, and it's called The Revelation. In the book of the Revelation, in chapter 13, a system that is amazingly like what we just read is predicted to control the world during the last human government of the world before the Lord returns. Now, what we just went over about the central bank digital currency being programmable to what you can and can't buy, you could be tracked on every purchase, and with the social credit system being that it's already well in use in China and being exported, by the way, along with facial recognition software to other governments in the world. This is a trap. And so when you see the tech companies and telecom companies linking the whole world together in this 5G, and I'm sure there'll be something after that too, but when it's all linked together and governments can have this kind of control and tracking, the facial recognition software of that camera system can pick out the individual they're looking for instantly in a crowd. I think the number was a crowd of 100,000 people. Boom, that person is identified. There's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. That's the problem. That's the, that's the chain. I think it would be at least a part of, probably a big part of, the chains of slavery that are predicted at the end of time, the last days. Think about the implications of what I've just told you. Now, these are all problems. All of these are problems. That 5G network that's being developed, which is my fourth one, and then the China, uh, excuse me, the central bank digital currency developed by China, and this guy's telling what a great thing it is for people to be tracked and controlled. Believe me, friends, this will not end well for the world. It won't. Now, even though I see all these things beginning to come about, I see it, but I'm not scared. Now, I realize it's all serious. And these are just five examples. I mean, there's probably 5,000 I could give you. But I see that, but I'm not scared, and here's why. I have read, and I believe, Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. 
You see, I'm not depending on my creativity, my ability to prepare in advance for some things, although I think it's it's prudent to make some preparations to the degree that we can. But there's no way to prepare for everything. There is a point at which I know that my safety ultimately comes only from the Lord. So that's Psalm 4.8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And then let me tell you another reason that I'm not scared. In the book of the Revelation, in chapter 3, in verses 10 and 11, I'm going to read what the Lord Jesus Christ says here, and he says it to the true church that is on the earth just prior to his return, and specifically prior to the rapture of the church. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Verse 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. The Lord Jesus Christ here speaks of that hour of temptation that is coming on the world. He said, it says, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. By the way, in the book of the Revelation, more than once, there's a contrast made between those who belong to the Lord, who are heavenly minded and heaven bound, and between those who are merely the earth dwellers. They are, their whole existence is stuck on planet earth. They don't have any spiritual concept. They're not looking for the Lord to come back, bring that up, and they don't want to hear about it. Those are the earth dwellers. But the heavenly minded and the heaven bound love to hear about the return of the Lord. But I see here that a promise is made. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. You know, we love the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. The Lord Jesus Christ is not going to keep the church through the tribulation, during it, or, you know, as part of it, but he'll get us through somehow. That's not the promise. The promise here is, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So a promise is made here to the true church. Now remember that at the, in the last days before the rapture of the church, there will be the true church and the false church. The false church looks like the true church, but they don't really love the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not trusting him. They're not awaiting his return. They don't believe the Bible is the word of God. They, they say the right things, but they're not actually Christians. But they look good. 
I mean, I don't think they even look good, but to a lot of people they do. Jesus says, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. So the true church, and I'm not talking about a denomination here. I'm talking about those who are truly born again. They've been born again by the Spirit of God because they believe in the living Lord Jesus Christ and they rely solely on him for their sins to be forgiven and to receive eternal life. Those are Christians, okay? They will not be part of the tribulation period. So even though I see what's coming, I'm not scared about it because the Lord has wonderful plans for the church, his people. Then I know that it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 3, where the apostle Paul writes, for when they shall say, peace and safety, that is the the earth dwellers, the people who are living on the earth, who are stuck on the earth, as opposed to those who are uh, heavenly minded and heaven bound, true Christians, for when they shall say, peace and safety, they're either crying out for that peace and security they deeply want, or when the Antichrist comes to power, he will achieve a false peace and a false security, and they will be really excited about that. We don't know which it'll be, but that's, that's the idea. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Wow. That's what awaits the false church. That's what awaits people who aren't part of any church, who don't like the Lord, who don't love the Lord, who reject the Bible. People have not not given their life under the control of the living Lord Jesus Christ. That's what awaits them. So in, in my case, you know, I'm excited about the return of the Lord, and I'm not happy these things are happening around us, but they remind me that his return and the rapture for the church to take the church to where he is in heaven while the tribulation unfolds on the earth, that that return and the rapture cannot be too far away. Now, I don't know when, but I see what's going on around me, and I realize, hey, something's going on here. And then in Luke... Uh, Let me make sure I've got the right passage here. I want to read you one more passage, and we're almost done. Luke 21, verses 34 and 35. In his earthly ministry, in the very week, he was betrayed and crucified, dead, buried, and rose again on the third day, literally from the dead. Jesus said these words, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. And I'll just, I'll just give a down-home Southern paraphrase of this. Wild living and, and just living a life of total drunkenness, all right? You get the idea. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you 
unawares. Now listen to verse 35. For as a snare, that's a trap, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. That's the same thing the Lord was referring to in Revelation 3, verses 10 and 11. So he he warns about the time coming and said, you better be alert. You better be awake. Many years ago in a church I served, something happened. It And this is, I'm just kind of re- putting back together what happened for you. It was a peaceful day of successful fishing where the fathers and their sons caught bass after bass, brim after brim. Suddenly, a warning horn sounded warning anyone below that river dam that the floodgates would soon open and the river dam would quickly open, sending the river behind the dam crashing down on anyone below that dam. Well, these father, these two fathers and their sons were on a tiny fishing boat. Think of an aluminum boat, probably, with about four or five people in it fishing. Nobody knows really what happened, why the warning from the horns did, was, you know, we don't know why. They did not get away from that danger zone fast enough. That dam opened, and at least two of those boys drowned. Now you say, did you read this in an illustration book? No. This happened in a church I was in. You know, at least below that river dam, there was a warning. There's not going to be a warning prior to the rapture of the church. I mean, if there is, I'm not aware of what it is. The rapture is going to occur at some point. And as I look around, it looks like, as I've said before, if this isn't, if what we're seeing is not the ramp up to that, it's an awful lot like what it will be. It sure looks like it is to me in the world. And if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I urge you, I invite you to repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Give your life to him and let him give you eternal life. I urge you to do that today, today. If you're already a Christian, you've done that, of course. If you're the kind of Christian who's been distracted by the world and you're You've gotten off track. You're kind of living in the world system and you're not really living for the Lord like you know you should. You need to repent of that and you need to get on the straight and narrow with the Lord Jesus Christ so he can use you to warn others. If you're a professing Christian, I mean, you say you are, you may even go to church a lot, but man, deep in your heart, you're you don't believe all of this. You just do it to keep peace in the family or to hope your kids turn out better or some other reason. It's good for business in your small town, whatever. 
You need to repent of your sin and get saved before there's no other chance to do it. Period. That's what you need to do. I invite you where you are right now to go to the Lord and get your situation, whatever it is of the three I mentioned, and and get exactly where the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to be. That's what you need to do today. I hope this message has encouraged you, even shaken you up some, but that you will get where you need to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening today. Like the episode, follow the podcast, and share this episode with someone right from where you're listening, someone else who needs to hear this. If the Lord doesn't come first and I'm still alive, I'll be back next week with the next episode of This Week in the Word. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.